Welcome to Just Plain Tim, a podcast where we discuss life, faith, family, the past, the present, the future, and everything in between. Now, here's your host, Tim Parrish. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. What's the one thing that you most want in your life right now? but that seems to be the most elusive? Well, I suspect there may be as many different answers to that question as there are different people listening to this message. But I think for a lot of us, the answer would be the same. The thing that we really want, but the thing that always seems just out of reach, is peace. We we live in a world filled with anxiety and stress and strain, and depression, and anger, and fear, and all of those things are enemies of a feeling of peace, that somehow things are right, and and things are going to be okay. And I know a lot of people turn to religion, they turn to faith, trying to find that. But I think sometimes there's this really big misconception that coming to Jesus or following Jesus can bring peace but that that peace comes in the form of the absence of all our problems, that that following Jesus will just make all your troubles go away. Sometimes we hear this referred to as the prosperity gospel. Well, in reality, it's not the gospel at all. It's, it's not consistent with biblical teaching, and it's not even consistent with the life that Jesus himself lived while he was here on the earth. I thought this message was really timely, and maybe, no matter where you are, no matter what day it is, it's the message that you most need to hear. Maybe today, what you're looking for, what you're longing for, is a sense of peace. Well, I think you can find that in Jesus. I think you can find that in God. I think you can find that uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit. So, I hope you'll stick around for part one and part two today of this message on peace. One of the phrases that I've used or one of the words that's been in my mind a lot in the last several months is the word disorientation. A general sense of not really being sure which way is up or how to navigate what was in front of me. Whether you're talking about walking through uh, my first ever global pandemic, whether you're talking about the most contentious presidential election cycle that, that I can remember, Whether you're talking about things on a local level or on a personal level, the word disorientation seems to really fit because it's been really hard sometimes to find a center, to find a a thing that we can hold on to. I think, for me at least, it's been a lack of peace. Now that's an interesting thought, peace. Sometimes we think peace means the absence of conflict. But I think as peace shows up in the Bible, when God talks about it, when it it was in that blessing of Aaron that we talked about in Numbers chapter 6 a little while ago, I think when God talks about peace, he's not talking about a time when there is no conflict. I think he's talking about being sustained, being kept, being oriented when there is conflict. You see, when there is no conflict, we don't really tend to feel like we need much orientation. Things feel pretty peaceful. But when things are going crazy around us, like they have been lately, 
we begin to try to grab hold of things, to try to find hope in something, to try to find something that will let us go, but we're not able to find it. We thought we might find it in the summertime months when the pandemic first started because we thought that once we got to warm weather, that was going to make this virus go away. Now the virus is still ravaging people in our own communities and our own churches. And in fact, we experienced in our own community right here the loss of several individuals as a result of this pandemic. So, so that hasn't brought us peace we went through a presidential election cycle, and, and I think maybe a lot of us thought if we could just get to the election, if we could just figure out who was going to be the next president, and as of this recording, that's still up in the air, that, it, that if we could just settle the election, it would bring us some peace, even if our candidate didn't win. At least it would settle some things for us. And yet here we are, several days later, still feeling quite unsettled. You see, I think it's in these kinds of moments that we need the peace that God talked about. In that blessing from Aaron, as, as God tells Moses to tell Aaron to bless the people, the last part of that is that he would give us peace. But as we ask the Lord for peace today, what exactly are we asking? Well, if you want to do word, idea, word ideas or, or things that, that go with, with language, the word peace as it shows up in our Bibles, especially as it shows up throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, is the word shalom. And it is not a word that means no conflict. It, it's not a word that means everything is okay. It is a word that means everything is whole. Nothing is lacking. Nothing is missing. Oh, this word might not show up in the 23rd Psalm, but it's the idea that David expresses there that the Lord is my shepherd and I have no want, I have no need that isn't being met. This morning, I want you to think with me for a few minutes about the kind of peace that God offers and maybe about why it's missing in our lives. In John chapter 14, Jesus talks about this peace. In fact, that's one of our favorite chapters, right? It's a go-to chapter for a lot of Christians who, who look to this particular text, especially the first part of this text, as we think about death and dying. Jesus is talking about going away and preparing things for us and gathering us back to himself. And that's a comforting thought to us in the midst of, of a time of grief and, and loss. But if you continue reading in that chapter, there's some more things that Jesus says about the coming of the Holy Spirit and what that's going to provide for the people of God. But if you come down near the end of that chapter, I want to begin reading in verse 25, John chapter 14, verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And peace I leave with you. My peace, Jesus says, I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be fearful. I suspect it was kind of hard to hear those words from Jesus the first time. Jesus is in the midst of saying, I'm leaving you. I'm going away. I'm not going to be here. The Holy Spirit is coming. We don't know what the Holy Spirit is. Well, it's going to be better. Well, it's hard for us to think it's going to be better because you're going away and we can't imagine a world where the Messiah comes and then goes away. 
And it's in that anxiety, in that moment of uncertainty that Jesus says, listen, I've told you what I've told you and I'm doing what I'm doing and the Spirit is coming, but the gift I'm giving you, the real thing that I'm giving you is something you can't get anywhere else. Peace. My peace. Well, throughout the Bible, people have been looking for that, right? People have been looking for it in, in our time just as well as they were back then. And there are lots of books and, and seminars and things that will claim to help you find it today. Maybe we've just overcomplicated it by looking for something other than Jesus. If Jesus says, I have peace, and it's not like any other peace, and I can give it to you, and the world can't, doesn't it make sense to just kind of back up for a moment? and pull our gaze away from the things that are so scary to us and look again at Jesus. You see, it's hard to look at Jesus and see anything else. Well, I'm not talking either about pretending that nothing's wrong in the world. But Jesus says, I promise you that I can give you a peace, a wholeness, a completeness in the midst of a crazy world that you can't find anywhere else. Doesn't that sound so good. Well, I wonder how many books have been written through the years on the subject of finding inner peace. You know, I think there's a lot of things that, that we look for, and I think there are a lot of things that can offer us what we look for. But if we're looking in the wrong place, and if we're not even understanding the peace that we're looking for, then there's a good chance no strategy and no philosophy is going to help us find it. That's the beauty, I think, of the peace that Jesus describes and the peace that is offered to believers in God because it is one that transcends philosophy. It transcends psychology. It certainly transcends our problems and the, the things of the present because it is an eternally based peace. Well, I hope you can stick around for part two as we continue our thoughts on finding peace in a troubled world. Do you remember Paul, the, the one in the Bible? You remember that he used to be called Saul and, and then he had that experience with Jesus on the Damascus Road and, and he became known as, as Paul. He, he was Saul first and, and then he became Paul. At least it's how people knew him. Do you remember that he was a Jesus hater? He was a zealous persecutor of the way of the people following Jesus. And then, as, as strange as it seems, he became one of the leading teachers and, and missionaries for the cause of the gospel of Jesus. Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he talks about some of the hardships that he endured as he went through his ministry, his life with Jesus. And I want to just remind you of some of those because sometimes it's good to know that following Jesus doesn't necessarily equal an easier path. Now, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And Paul says, beginning in verse 23, I speak as more a servant of Christ than others, far more in labor, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and the day I spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in dangers of the city, in dangers out in the wilderness or, or in the country, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship and sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from all those external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. I read you this because I want you to understand we're talking about one of God's servants who says, listen, when I tell you my life story, it's almost more than you can believe. It's almost more than you can fathom the stuff that I've been through in the name of Jesus. But I've been there. I've been through those things. So it's from that place that I'd be interested to hear what he had to say about Jesus' promise of peace. Because obviously, following Jesus didn't mean that all those problems were taken away. They, they were still there. So what did peace mean for Paul? Well, if we turn over just the next page or so in our Bibles into 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul shares with us this story beginning in verse 7. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Now, let me pause for a moment. I don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. Maybe, maybe it was sirens going by while he was trying to record sermons for the, the churches in Asia Minor. No, no, that wasn't it. Lots of, lots of teachers and preachers will tell you that they've figured out what Paul's thorn was. I think it's not important to know what the thorn actually was, but just that it was there. And, and he said, look, this kept me humble. Whatever this was, it kept me humble. But it wasn't good. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't a thing that made his life better or enriched his experience. And so he says in verse 8, Concerning this, I implored, I begged the Lord three times that it might leave me. Well, I don't know if he means exactly one, two, three, three times, or if he's using that as, as this idea of, 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 of a lot of times. I prayed a lot about it. Nonetheless, verse 9, He has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. I am content then with weakness, with insult, with distress, with persecution, with difficulty for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, this is a little bit of a, a riddle almost, isn't it? It doesn't sound like strength. It sounds like he had some kind of major problem that God wouldn't take away. Maybe, maybe it's not named because some of us have major problems in our life. And we have prayed, and we have prayed, and we have prayed, and we've had others praying, and God hasn't taken it away. So we feel like we don't have peace because we're still dealing with this issue, this thorn, this problem, this messenger from Satan. 
Paul says, here's the thing I learned. Here's the thing that God told me. God said, I don't need to take it away. I need you to lean into me. Your peace is not going to come because I'm going to say, oh, you have a problem? I'll eliminate all your problems. Peace is God saying, I actually do my best work in these kind of circumstances. My strength will be even greater in you because of this weakness that you're dealing with. Peace can come to you, but not by removing your struggle. Peace, Paul, can come into your life when you acknowledge that when you're struggling, I'm there doing the heavy lifting. In other words, Paul ends up saying, I'm happy to have lots of problems if it means I continue to know this gracious peace of God. Peace doesn't come to us by God taking our problems away. Peace comes to us by God not abandoning us in our problems. So when things are not good around us, instead of panicking, instead of losing our balance and becoming disoriented, we turn our eyes back to Jesus. We look back to the one who started and finished everything that needed to happen for us and we realize that we'll accept some things in our life that aren't exactly as we want them to be because God says in those moments, I really shine. I really shine. Now I want to go to one more text. This one in Philippians chapter 4. It's Paul again. And Paul gives us something that I think can help us to lean into God when those problems around us are causing that disorienting feeling of, of anything but peace. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 6, this is what Paul says. But be anxious for nothing. Anxious, think anxiety. Think, well, think the, the feeling that we're a lot of us feeling right now. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You say, you're telling me that I'm having all these problems, I just need to pray about it. Well, yes and no. First, we need to be people who, because of what we know about the strength of God in our times of weakness, because of what we know about the, the face of God shining on us and giving us peace in the midst of our turmoil, then instead of facing our problems and letting them cause us so much anxiety, we look at those problems and we know it's going to be okay. I mean, it may not be okay in a physical sense. It may not be okay in the way we would normally think of things being okay, but it's going to be okay because God. So Paul says, listen, don't let yourself get worked into such an anxious state. Instead, Give those burdens to the one who can actually carry them. And then he says, then he says something that I think all of us want to hear. When you do that, when you take what's bothering you and you hand it to the Lord and you let the Lord say to you as he did to Paul, I'm not going to take your problems away, but I'm not going to leave you alone in your problems. I'm going to be right here with you. When you hear that, then it makes sense what Paul says next. And the peace of God, which surpasses 
understanding which defies explanation will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says, you're going to deal with a lot of stuff. You're going you're to face a lot of problems. And you can either do that unguarded so that you are vulnerable to those things, or you can experience peace. You can be wrapped up in the peace of God in such a way that you can't describe that feeling. You can't describe that kind of peace. No human words, no human philosophy will let you understand that kind of peace. But the the, the peace of God will guard you. It will will surround you. How does that work? How do I have that? You say, I want that. I want that kind of peace that, that lets me not worry then it's found in in trusting in the God who says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. When you are struggling through something, that's when I can show up and do the most good in your life. So many of us today are disoriented and we're not enjoying peace. Well, maybe we should let the Prince of Peace do the thing that he's best at doing and relieve the burden in our hearts. Maybe not by taking all our problems away, not by solving the issues of the world of the day, but instead by continuing to be with us in spite of those problems. That's how you can let go of your anxiety. That's how you can let go of those burdens. That's how you can let go of the fear that grips your heart when things in the world are not going the way you think they ought to. On days maybe like today, you can listen to Jesus who says, listen, there's a peace that I can give you that the world can't give you. You can hear Paul say, yes, as a matter of fact, that peace, when God gives it, is so great, you can't describe it, you can't even understand it, you just have to experience it. And that came from a man who said, let me tell you all the problems I've been through. And and some of them, God, I think, could have done something about, but, but God said, I'm not going to. But I came to know peace. And you, today, you can know peace. No, I can't remove any of the problems in your life. But I can introduce you to a a Jesus, a Savior, a a Messiah, a Redeemer, who among all the things that he did and has done and will continue to do for us, promises to give us peace in a world of chaos. Maybe today, what I need to call you to do is to stop staring at your, your, your news feeds, is to stop obsessing over polling numbers, and the Electoral College. Maybe today is a day that I need to call your eyes for just a moment away from how many cases in our county, how many deaths, how many new people are sick, how many positive and negative tests. Instead, today, look to Jesus. Just just look away from, from what it is that's going on. It's not going to go away. You don't have to pretend it's not there. But in whatever it is that's holding you down, look to Jesus and experience His wonderful, abiding, indescribable peace. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Just Plain Tim podcast, where we talk about life, faith, family, the past, the present, the future, and everything in between. For your host, Tim Parrish, thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next time.